Masechet Pesachim, uh, we're at um, uh, Pei Gimel 83, and we're going to start with the Mishnah, uh, very interesting uh, cases today. Hatzamot v'hagidin v'hanotad yisarefu b'shisha asar. So there are various parts of the Korban Pesach that we are going to need to burn, uh, including the bones, the sinews, and anything that's left over are burnt on the 16th. So let's explain each one. Notad is the most obvious one. We've seen the Pasuk, and you're supposed to eat the entire Korban uh, during that night, the night of the Seder, anything that's left over to the morning, anything edible you should have eaten and you didn't, is left over and must be burnt. That's notar. Now the other two, the general principle is only something that was edible do you have to burn. A section, a part of the animal that was never edible to begin with, you just discard it. You don't actually have to burn it. So we're gonna have to figure out what exactly is edible about atzamot and gidim. Atzamot, uh, bones, uh, not, not edible. Gidim, gidim we translate as sinews, but actually could be referred to anything that's uh, long and thin, including nerves and tendons and even uh, arteries, right? It would all be gidin. So here's we're gonna Gamana is gonna ask if they're edible, then eat them. If they're not edible, then why do you have to burn them? Uh, that's gonna be a question there. Atzamot, uh, well, let's, let me introduce right now. Atzamot is a special law for Gorban Pesach that you may not break any bones, right? Uh, so when you're eating Koban Pesach, you can't eat it like a caveman and go, you know, crack open the bones. You have to eat it in a dignified way, all right? Not all in a rush, and uh, right? But like like a king would eat. So therefore, you can't you can't break open the bones. Now, why would you break open the bones? Generally, inside the bone there is marrow. So, which means the Korban Pesach, you would never be able to eat the marrow inside. So that's one possible answer. You got to burn the bones because of the marrow inside. Uh, what if you break it open first? and then let out the marrow and then burn the marrow. Okay, can you break the bones after, once it's notad and it's not edible anymore? All right, that will be the discussion about bones. So all these three um, categories must be burnt. When do you burn it? Well, uh, the 14th is when you prepare. The 15th is when you sit at night, you're eating it. The 15th during the day is the first day of Yom Tov and you don't do it on your, you don't burn things on Yom Tov. We'll discuss why. And so instead, you do it on the 16th, which is the first day of Chol HaMoed in Israel. What if the 16th is Shabbat? In other words, have Yom Tov, followed immediately by Shabbat. You don't burn things. You're not eating it. Um, you're just burning it to, to get rid of it. Uh, you don't burn things that you're not eating on Yom Tov, and you don't burn anything on Shabbat. So then in that case, you would push it off till the 17th, the second day of Chol HaMoed, third day of the holiday. Because the burning of these uh, categories does not override not Shabbat and not Yom Tov. That is the Mishnah. Let me first show you the outline of the Gemara. First, we're going to talk about why we burn the bones. We're going to see actually there's two basic answers. One is that they are holders for the notata marrow inside. And just as holders, just being like a, a the, the basis uh, containing the marrow, that requires uh, burning. That's going to be Yitzchak's answer. We're going to try to prove that from our Mishnah. A second answer is going to be that they contain marrow. So you're burning it because of the marrow inside. And this assumes that 
they cannot be broken even after they're disqualified, even after the next, even if it's the next day, you still can't just break it and empty it out and burn the, burn the marrow only and throw out the bones. You're never allowed to break it, so you have to burn the whole thing for the food itself. Uh, then we're going to go back and challenge uh, the first answer, A should be one, from uh, based on the Badaita and see two answers to that. After that, we're going to talk about burning of the sinews. Are they edible? Are they not? Um, for, what about the next sinews? That'll be one possibility. Uh, we'll, I'll come back to the chart. And finally, we'll talk about why can't you burn notad on Yom Tov? You can make fire on Yom Tov. You can use it for other things. We'll see four answers to that. All right. Back to bones. Amar Rav Mari Bar Abu Amar Rabbi Yitzchak. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak says, explains, why, uh, he says a general halacha. He's not actually talking about this Mishnah. He's not talking about Korban Pesach. A general halacha regarding Korbanot. Asmot kadashim sheshimeshu notar metamein et hayadaim. If you have bones of a sacrifice that served, that held uh, notar, right, that uh, um, leftover meat that is not allowed to be eaten. Um, notad, in addition to the fact that you have to burn notad, it also causes tum'ah. It will cause your hands, these bones will cause your hands to be tameh. When you say your hands are tameh, that's a lower level of tum'ah midirabanan. The rabbis wanted you to keep away uh, from, this, from these things, so they said it makes your hands tameh. That's a lower level because all you have to do is wash, is do nitilat yadayim to get rid of it. Um, why? Because they became the basis, basis, basis for something that is prohibited. The notar is prohibited. So even though the bones themselves are not edible and so don't fit into the category of notar because they're the basis of notar, they get the same law as the notar itself. Um, that's his halacha. And they says about other all sacrifices. Now, can we bring a proof? Our Mishnah says that bones of the Pesach must be burnt. Now, why? What kind of bones are we talking about? If the bones have no marrow in them, I don't know, maybe they're very thin bones or they were already broken somehow. I know he said you're not allowed to break them, but let's say they were broken. Um, or maybe they're after it became unedible, notar, then you broke them. And so there's no marrow in them. If there's no marrow in them, why do I need to burn them? Just throw them out. So can't, that can't be talking about the case. Must be that these are bones that have marrow in them. Okay, they have marrow in them. If you think that something that is the basis for notar is itself like notar, then that's why you have to burn the bones. But if the basis of the, if it's not, um, if you say that something that serves, that holds notar is not like notar itself, why would I need to burn it? Break them now, right? Because now we're assuming that the bones of Korban Pesach, you can't break them at, that, at night when you're allowed to eat it, right? During the eating process, you're not allowed to break the bones. But afterwards, once it's notar, then you are allowed to break them. That's what we're assuming now. So therefore, if there is, if there is marrow inside, then you sh- all you need to do is that next day, break them open, right? Let out the marrow, burn the marrow, 
burn the marrow and throw out the bones. There would need, be no need to burn the bones um, uh, in that case, uh, uh, if you assume that the, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, in, in that case, therefore we can infer from our Mishnah that something that is the basis that it holds notad is like notad itself. And therefore these bones, even after you empty out, even if you would empty out the marrow from them, you still need to burn them because they once held marrow and therefore something that holds notad uh, the marrow is edible. The mad that marrow becomes becomes notad. These bones were holding the notad, and they must be burned because something that holds notad is like notad itself. And therefore, that is a a, a proof for the opinion of Rabbi Yisrael, who says that in general regarding other korbanot. All right. Now that we have the proof, let's refute it. Now I'm going to go with the opposite assumption that something that is the basis for notad is not like notad, and so the bones don't get any any inherent uh, problem themselves. When the pasuk says, "Do not break a bone in it in the korban pesach." That means not only when the Koban Pesach is kosher and I can eat it, even uh, an unfit Koban Pesach, right? Even the next day, no matter what, I can still, I can never break the bones. And that, therefore, um, I, I can't, there's no way to get out the marrow. So why do I have to burn it? Because there's marrow inside and I can't break it open. So how am I going to burn the marrow that's edible? I got to burn the entire bone, right? So that I could, I could say that. Um, now, in order to have that answer, I have to assume that even when the Koban Pesach is unfit, you still can't break them. We have another Mishnah we can see later on that says, if you left over uh, meat that is, that is Tahor, or if you break a bone of an animal that's Tameh, you don't get lashes. So the second part is what's important for us, breaking a bone of a tameh sacrifice that's unfit. You don't get lashes. So it sounds like you're allowed to do that, right? So you just said that if it's an unfit animal, I cannot break the bones. This says, if it's an unfit tameh animal, I can break the bones. There's no punishment if I do. So lakasha, there's no problem. There's no contradiction. We were talking about when we said you can't do it. That's when the animal was kosher at night and now it became notad and it's no longer uh, a fit. Now, so since it was at one point a kosher uh, sacrifice and you can't break the bones, therefore that continues and you can never break the bones. This, but this Mishnah here is talking about when it becomes tameh, meaning it was tameh the whole time. It was never fit to be kosher. It was never a fit animal. If the, if the, if the Korban Pesach had never had a time when it was kosher, then the laws do of breaking the bones don't apply to it at all. And so in that case, you can break the bones. But if it was ever fit, you cannot break the bones. And so that we defend the, that answer. All right, now that we saw these, these, um, uh, that refutation, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a proof. It doesn't refute Rabbi Yitzchak. We just don't have a proof for Rabbi Yitzchak. Uh, we want to see these, these uh, two opinions. Uh, can you break a bone of an unfit animal or not? Right, this answer you gave, who is a Tana that actually would agree with that, that you can 
uh, there's a difference between a sacrifice that was once kosher, and then you can never break the bones, or if it was never kosher, then you can break the bones. Rabbi Yaakov, he, right, so our whole answer is going to depend on this Tana, whose name is Rabbi Yaakov. We see, we're going to see him in the Braita, the Tanya. The Tanakhama says the word bo means you cannot break a bone in it, which is a limiting word and says only if it's a kosher sacrifice. But if it's a non-kosher sacrifice, go ahead and break the bones. And he says, if it was ever kosher, even if it became unfit later, you still apply the law, the prohibition against breaking bones. If it was never kosher, then there's no prohibition of breaking bones. Bishimon is more lenient and he says, no matter what, and once it's unfit, you can break the bones. doesn't matter if it was once uh, kosher or not kosher. So um, see that actually Tanakama just said, not pasul, but when we say not pasul, what does that mean? The Biakov and the Bishimon are two interpretations of what not pasul means. So the Bishimon says, um, and if it's if it's a pasul, doesn't matter if it was once always pasul or once once kosher, uh, you can break the bones. Okay, so now we actually uh, we have an answer. Uh, let's return to the outline. So we saw the Bishak who says that holders for notad. Are um, are like the, uh, the the marrow itself, and we tried to bring a proof from the Mishnah. The proof did not work. Um, in the end, I mean, th- this would have answered the question of why we burn the bones. We might burn the bones because they were holders for notad. So uh, um, the, once they're holders for notad, they are like notad itself, and that's so. Therefore, they have to be bu- they have to be burnt, even if there's no marrow in them. That would explain, even though bones are not edible, you still have to burn them because they were holders. Uh, that was one answer, but it only applies if you follow Rabbi Shimon. Um, so, but so we have a second answer that the bones themselves contain marrow, and we're not allowed to break them ever, right? Not even after, not even after the korban becomes disqualified, you cannot break them because it was once kosher. That's the opinion of the Tana Rabbi Yaakov. Uh, so we have actually two answers to why we break the bones. Now that we meant to finish that, we're going to challenge uh, Rabbi Yitzchak based on the Braita. We'll see two answers. Ranbi uh, and Rab Zavid about what the case is in this Baraita. Meti be kol atzmot hakodashim en teonin serefa. Chutz me atzmot hapesach me pnei takala. All bones of sacrificial animals do not you do not have to burn because they're not edible. They're not part of the they're not part of the meat. So uh, even even if they're become become pasul or notar, you don't have to burn them except for korban pesach because of the takala because of uh, the problem that can come about. What's the problem? Well, Pesach is different because you can't break them open. So now you have the marrow inside. So therefore, uh, these bones do require burning. Okay. What kind of bones are we talking about in this Baraita? If there is no longer any marrow in them, then why would I need to burn them in the case of Korban Pesach? That he says uh, you have to burn them. So it must be talking about when they do have marrow in them. So if they uh, are, are bones that have marrow in them, then if you think that bones 
that were once were the basis held notar is like notar, then the the bones of all other sacrifices. Why do you see? Why do you say you don't need to burn them? You should need to burn those also because those bones uh, had once had uh, marrow in them, and according to Bishak, uh holding marrow is like is uh, is uh, gives gives them the state. Holding notar is um, gives them the same status. And they should also require burning. And so therefore, it seems that the Yitzhak is refuted. And this only makes sense that you say that you wouldn't burn them because uh, there's no, more, no longer marrow in them. And so it doesn't matter if they were the basis of, of, uh, of, uh, of having a basis of containing uh, notat in them. That's the question. First answer. We're talking about a case when we found the bones and they were already broken when they and the and the marrow was removed from them. And so actually, we don't know when was the marrow removed from them. Was it when it was kosher to eat, or when it became notar? So we have to now make a, a, a supposition. If you're talking about all other sacrifices, but besides korban pesach, where you're allowed to break the bones. We can assume that whoever was uh, was uh, handling and eating this korban, they probably wanted the marrow when they were eating it, and they broke the bone and they ate the marrow, and while it was still kosher. So therefore, these bones were never a basis for notar. And that's why you don't need to burn them. Uh, whereas but Pesach, you have a prohibition against breaking them. Therefore, I assume that while they were edible, a person would not break it. That's not prohibited. Uh, so they must have broken it after the time of, of it being edible. So that means they were still whole with the marrow in them when they became notar. And so they are the basis of of notad, and that's why they require burning. Okay, so that's one answer that we found them, and we're not actually sure of the status. So this is just telling us the presupposition in one case versus the other. Uh, second answer, a little bit similar. I found a whole pile of bones. I see some of them are, are, are broken open, and the uh, the marrow was was uh, removed. And uh, and I don't want to have to bother checking all of them, right? So what what's the what's the law in that case? If they are not Koban Pesach, uh, other Kobanot, where I'm allowed to break it open. So then um, all, I can assume, even though I only see some of them, I don't, you don't have to bother the person to go and check everyone. We can make an assumption that all of them uh, were broken open and the, and the marrow was taken out and he ate it when it was permitted. When it was kosher, so they never had notad in them, and that's why they don't need to be burned. Whereas asmata pesach, but if it's korban pesach, then since you have a prohibition against uh, breaking them open, maybe these, yeah, these were cracked open, but maybe the other ones, the bone, the marrow was not removed. And so therefore, when I have the pile, um, I can't assume that they're all okay. I have to burn them. All right, that's the second answer. And now we can go on to the Gidin. 
אמר רב יהודה, אמר רב, כל הגידין בשר חוץ מגידי סבר. אוקיי, רב סטיינג, ג'נרל לא, that um, all, all sinews are edible, they are meat. Um, this would be make a, a difference in halacha because let's say you have uh, 10 people joining in for one, uh, one sheep. Um, you have to have a kezayit for each person. So when you're, you're evaluating how many kezetot are in this uh, sheep, you can add in the gidin because they are edible also. So you add that to the, you know, to the volume of, of the sheep and you can add a few more people. Except for the sinews that are in the neck. Those are really tough and impossible to eat. So those are not considered meat. That was Rav's halacha. Now we're going to test it out with our Mishnah. Tenan ha-samot v'agidim v'hanotar yisarefu b'shisha asar. We said here the sinews have to be burnt on the 16th. In other words, you, you have to burn them. Now, what, what, do, what, do we, what do we think about? What kind of sinews are, are these? What's their status? If they are edible, then eat them, right? Why would you assume that you're going to burn them? Uh, any part of the animal that's edible, you must eat. So if you if they were edible and you have to burn them because they're notar, that's the third category in the Mishnah. Mishnah already mentioned notar. So uh, the gidim is not different from any, any other part of the basar that you would eat. So gidim can't be talking about something that's uh, unedible, be inedible because then you don't have to burn it. And it can't be talking about something edible because then you should either eat it or it's notar. So what is it talking about? Ah, oh, it's talking about this category of the sinews in the neck, which are um, edible, but only with great difficulty. So, so technically they do need to be burned because they are somewhat edible, but in realistically, uh, people are not going to eat it because it's so difficult. So, um, they'll, uh, they will end up having to be burnt. Okay, so that's, uh, that explains the Mishnah. Now, if you think that these, uh, the, these uh, um, sinews are meat, then I understand. That's why you have to burn them. But if they're not meat, why should I burn them? And that would be a question on Rav, because Rav says, that they are not meat. So why should I burn them? Uh, so this is how we're, now we're going to have the, our three answers. Uh, Rav Chista is going to say that the Mishnah, when it's talking about the sinews that you have to, that you have to burn, is uh, referring to Gid Hanasheh, which is, um, we're assuming is edible, right? Um, it, it, in other words, it's in terms of the, its uh, meat value, right? You can physically eat it, um, except that you're not allowed to eat it. Uh, well, being not allowed to eat, it also makes it inedible. So we're going to have to we're going to see the case of why, uh, why it's uh, edible, yet you can't eat it. Um, Rav Asher is also going to be talking about the, the fat around the Gidan and Rav Yinah is going to be talking about, talking about the outer nerve next to the Gidan uh, So that's how we're going to explain it. So uh, Rav Chistan says, Lo is adding that uh, not just, if you, if you follow the majority opinion, the majority opinion says um, that the Gidan of both hind legs are prohibited. In that case, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a solution here because the Gidan although it's, you know, you can chew it, it's, it's uh, prohibited from eating. So therefore it's inedible and therefore you don't have to burn it even because uh, it's not, part, not something that you could have uh, eaten. So that wouldn't uh, work. 
But the Biuda gives us uh, an opening. The Tanya, the Biuda, the Biuda says, Gida Nashe applies only to one of the legs. Um, and it's not really clear which one. And it says, it seems to make sense that it would be the right hind leg. That Gida Nashe is the one that's prohibited. The other one is, uh, is permitted. So therefore, um, since actually only one of these is prohibited, but people don't generally eat um, either of them, so there is one of these that is permitted to eat and is edible, and yet, because of this uh, safek, we don't eat either of them, therefore, it must be burned. So this is a case where something is uh, um, uh, technically and halachically edible, but no one is going to eat it uh, be, uh, because we're more careful, and that's why it needs to be burnt. Uh, so just to clarify that. So now is this, are you coming to say that Abiyuda actually didn't know he was in Safek? Um, because if he knew which one, then the one that's permitted, the left one, he should eat. And the right one, throw out. And he said, uh, So if he was sure, then we would know. Uh, so are you saying, it must be that he, he actually wasn't sure. Is that what you're saying? Um, right, and uh, we don't want to say that he wasn't sure about it. It looks like he does know. No, it must be he's adding another suffix to it that at some point we knew which one was the right leg and the left leg. I mean, it was attached to the animal. We knew, we knew which one it was which. But after, uh, after we took them out, they got mixed up. And that's why. So we don't want to assume that the Biudad did not actually know which one is permitted and, and, and prohibited. He did know, but it's a case where we mixed it up. Okay, this is quite a ukimta to assume that our entire Mishnah is only talk when it says uh, Gidin, it's only talking about uh, according to the Biudah and only the one that was not the left one and only in a case where it got mixed up with the right one that's the case of Gideon that is talking about that you have to burn it. Uh, so it's a bit far-fetched. Uh, so Rav Asher gives a second answer. Rav Asher, the fat that's around the Gideon Asher, when it mentions sinews, it's not just the Gideon Asher itself, which is definitely prohibited and therefore not edible, but all the area around it. Even though technically it's permitted to eat uh, because we are a holy people. We want to keep away from anything that's prohibited. And we don't want to get too close to it. So since we, our custom, our practice is not to eat any of that, of the fat around it, the fat is edible, but we don't eat it. So that's, that's what's talking about, that that has to be burnt. And the third answer is Ravina Amar Bechison. This is the outer one. Here's a nice picture, right? You have the, uh, the inner nerve is here, but there's also an outer nerve that uh, goes parallel to it. And so Ravina says, The one that next to the bone is prohibited. And be liable if you ate it. The outer one, um, you, you would not be liable. In other words, according to Torah law, it would be fine, it would be edible. But we, the, by rabbinic law, we say asur, don't eat it. So this would fall into this case. Since it is um, physically edible, you can chew it and eat it. And halachically, according to the Torah, it's edible. Therefore, uh, this is something that should be eaten, uh, part of the Kohen Pesach. But since the rabbis say you're forbidden to eat it, therefore, we're going to have to burn it.
Okay, so that's how we came up with the case of something that is, uh, um, you know, both uh, edible and needs to, and not edible and needs to be burned. All right, finally, why can't we burn the notad on Yom Tov? Um, after all, you know, there's a there's a commandment to burn the notad on Yom Tov. There's also a commandment not to uh, not to do melacha on Yom Tov. But you have a naseh versus a lotase. So in general. We should be able to perform the aseh despite the law taaseh. Um, so not, and this would not apply to Shabbat. Shabbat is very chamur. We would not apply that. But Yom Tov is much more lenient. So the question is, why can't we burn the, the Natad on Yom Tov? Uh, three, four answers. One is because the Pasuk says Ad Bok at a morning twice to teach this extra thing. Another one says because uh, Pasuk regarding Shabbat um, uh, tamid. A uh, third one is because it's similar to a postponed circumcision. We'll see that. And fourth is that resting on Yom Tov is also a positive commandment. So you have a positive and a negative versus only a positive. All right, let's see these pesukim. The commandment to burn the leftover of the korban Pesach should override the lotase of doing labor on Yom Tov. Uh, answer number one. Amar chizkiya vechen taned bichizkiya. Amar kera. Loto tiru mimenu ad boker. Vanotar mimenu ad boker. Be'esh tisrofu. Do not leave any leftover of the Korban Pesach until the morning. And whatever you left over until the morning, burn in fire. Why until the morning twice? Shen tamodomad ad boker. You could just say it once. Matamodomad ad boker again. Bimed boker sheni l'srefato. The second one teaches you morning, morning, meaning two days later, right? Not the first morning after we uh, we do Korban Pesach and the Seder, but rather the next morning after that, which is the 16th. Good. Answer number two, Abaye Amar, Amar Kera, Olat Shabbat Shabbato, Velo Olat Chol Shabbat. The Torah says that you would you will um, uh, burn the Olah of Shabbat on Shabbat. So you can violate Shabbat for the purposes of the Olah, the Korban Tamid of Shabbat, including the leftovers of it can be burnt on Shabbat itself. But you cannot take um, the one uh, Korban Tamid from Chol, let's say the Korban Tamid from Friday afternoon, you can't burn the leftovers of that on Shabbat. You can't violate Shabbat for that which came before Shabbat. And also, you can't violate Yom Tov for something that was on Chol. And uh, therefore, um, this, uh, this, this uh, Korban, the Korban Pesach that you brought on Chol, you brought it on the 14th. Right when it was uh, not, not 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 yet the holiday, um, you cannot now override Yom Tov and burn the leftovers on Yom Tov. You got to wait till Cholam Oed. Third answer: On Yom Tov, only that which is you could that which is edible are you allowed to do. You can you can violate you can do melacha on Yom Tov and uh, and cook and fire and prepare food and all that for something edible, but only if you're going to eat it. You're not eating this. Now, who, the word who comes to exclude anything that is a preparation that you could have done before. Like you can't go down, go cut down a tree and light a fire and all that because you could have done all that before. You can only use an existing flame 
uh, then, and you cook on it, right? Because the rest you could have prepared before. Levado, what does the word levado come to include? And not a brit milah that's done the wrong time. If a brit milah is, neat, is on the eighth day, that overrides both Shabbat and Yom Tov. But let's say brit milah had to be delayed, right? Because the baby was sick. Or let's say someone's converting. And so it's not the eighth day. They can do brit milah whenever, whenever, whenever they want. You can't do that kind of brit milah on Shabbat and not on Yom Tov. Now, we might have thought based on the Kavachome that you would be able to do so. Uh, the Kavachome would be is that um, you can, when, if someone has a, 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 um, a mark of leprosy, um, they, uh, let's say they have it on the, on the foreskin. Now, in general, you can't cut off a, um, a, a sign of leprosy. You can't just cut it off and say, oh, see, I'm now I'm okay. And yet you're allowed to do it if it's on the foreskin. So, that, so you see that you see that um, overrides leprosy. And leprosy um, is um, more important than, uh, than, uh, than Shabbat because if some, sorry, le- leprosy is more important than avodah, than the sacrificial, than sacrifices, because let's say the, the only Kohen around is, uh, is a leper. He can still, he still cannot uh, perform the sacrifices. So leprosy overrides uh, sacrifices. Sacrifices override Shabbat and Yom Tov, because we perform sacrifices that are needed on Shabbat and Yom Tov. So based if you follow that, that whole thing, right, then you, it turns out that circumcision should, over, in all cases, because you can cut off the leprous mark on circumcision anytime, even on the eighth day. Therefore, leprosy should override Shabbat and Yom Tov. But in order to counter that complicated Kavachomer, uh, the Pasuk says, Levada, um, that uh, only something that you, you can cook on Yom Tov, but you cannot do a that's not on the eighth day on, uh, on, Yom, on, Yom, on, on Yom Tov or Shabbat. Okay, what's the point of this whole answer? As follows, you can only do a Brit Milah that has to be that day, the eighth day, but not one that you could do any day. So too, notar, that you have to burn. You don't have to burn it on the 16th. You just, you know, burn it at the first opportunity. So since you can burn it on the 17th, therefore, just like a Brit Milah that you can do any time, you cannot do on Yom Tov, so too, notar, that you can burn any time, you cannot burn it on Yom Tov. Good. That is the third answer and the final answer of Hashemar. Shabbaton de Yom Tov Asehu Ven Aseh Doche Lota Aseh Veaseh Vaaseh. So Shabbaton, right? So the Yom Tov is called a day of resting. So that's a day, that's a, a and that's an Aseh, right? On Yom Tov, you are not allowed to do Malacha and you also must rest. So since you have the, both the negative and the, and the positive commandments, and Aseh, the positive commandment to burn the notar, is not going to override uh, Yom Tov, which has an, both a lota Aseh and an Aseh. And so therefore, we have all four reasons uh, why we don't burn the notar on Yom Tov, and we were able to uh, explain every part of our Mishnah. Baruch Adonai Amen